So hello and welcome to Ken Griffey's Grotesquely Swollen Jaw, the podcast following my journey as I aim to learn all about baseball, one major league team at a time. Now here to t- tell me about his favourite team, the Tampa Bay Rays, which I finally got a, a Tampa guest from Tampa, but also about uh, another exciting project he's been working on. It's Ian. Ian, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for having me on. Thank very, very good to good to hear. You always nice to have that uh, nice, nice thick Scottish accent on on, on the podcast. <laughs> um, so, Ian, you what we are mainly here to talk about, or how we got in touch, as you were talking about your your new book, The Baseball Stadium Guide, which is uh, out now. I've got a got a copy with me now. Um, so, for to start with such a a project, you've not come at it from the newcomer perspective and I have done it sounds like you've been a, a fan of the sport for some time so as we start with a lot of our a lot of our guests Ian how did you get into baseball? Yeah so it was a long time ago Stuart I'm afraid um, so yeah I, I first got into baseball in the 80s so um, you know the internet free, free cable TV it wasn't easy to, to watch baseball um, back then and so I think it's hard to remember how I first really got into it. Um, I think it just always intrigued me. And and one of the things I really like about about baseball is that uh, you know on the surface it's just you know rounders with razzmatazz. Yeah. So you can you can enjoy it just as that. But you know if you peel back the layers, you just you, know, you go down the rabbit hole. It's fascinating just the the strategy, the number of ways you can you can score a run, and you know building a roster, all these kind of things, just just fascinated me. And then I think I got a book on uh, the history of baseball. I think it was called um, Baseball and the American Dream. Um, they just all intrigued me. But I definitely remember my um, my first match because uh, that was 1989. It was my wife and I's first trip to to the US, and we you know we go a lot now. Um, again, way back then, 1989. Again, pre-internet, I had to get a travel agent, and uh, we we booked on a, a travel tour with five cities, and the last one was San Francisco, and this was October uh, 1989. So, at that time, the the San Francisco Giants were playing the Chicago Cubs in the the National League Championship Series, so effectively okay. the the World Series semi-finals. So. When we when we got to San Francisco, the place was just going nuts for for baseball and and, and for the Giants. It was just everywhere. Um, so getting towards the end of our holiday, we we sat and watched a game in a bar. It was the, one of the games from Wrigley, and my first baseball hero, Will the Thrill Clark, was uh, a grand slam. He had another homer out into the street, and it was just really both of us just really got captivated. So. Um, for the last day of our holiday, the last night of our holiday, um, again, pre-internet, I had to get out the yellow pages yeah. <laughs> and I found a ticket agency and I, I wandered down to this agency and I basically emptied my pockets and said to the guy, you know, big game tonight. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is all I've got. This is all the travelers checks I've got. This is all the dollars I've got. Is that enough for two tickets? And the guy was like, hmm. Not really. Where are you from? <laughs> you know, ten minutes later, I walked out with a with a couple of tickets for the game. So, uh, Yvonne and I went down to Candlestick. Great, great game. 
think it was 68,000 people or something. Not a great stadium, but a great game. No, one of these old, old uh, multi-multi-purpose venues, was it? So with the, yeah, the football and baseball yeah. combined. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, I think I read that uh, the picture got blown off the mound by the wind because it's just right out in an outcrop in the, in the bay. So apparently it was quite a bad place to watch baseball. But we had a great time. Um, Giants won. There was just this incredible 12 pitch at bat that ended in a, a Matt Williams homer, and that was the winning run. So, yeah, it was great. So, I had enough money left for a, a coffee the next day and came home. And I think the following week it was the it was the earthquake. The Giants got through, played Oakland in the final, and then there was uh, an earthquake that uh, impacted the city and impacted the stadium. But, uh, yeah, left a lasting, lasting impression with me. And, uh, when we came back, I was living in London at the time. Um, the, the game was actually on London weekend television one week later. Oh, OK. That's, what, that's, that's how it was. Highlights at the middle of the night or they showed, showed the whole thing? Or? Yeah, they were, I think it was quite late night and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just highlights of the of the game. But, you know, there was never any live baseball in those days and uh, glad, to, glad to see that. And I'm, I'm glad the situation's improved. <laughs> it's very easy to watch baseball now, especially if you support a, an East Coast team. Definitely. Um, so you, you do, of course, support an, an East Coast team, the, the Tampa Bay Rays. But if you yeah. got into baseball and you enjoyed that history of baseball back in the late 80s, uh, the Rays would not have been in, in that book at all. So why did you, uh, a fan of history and someone who's had that memories of San Francisco, why did you pick pick the Tampa Bay Rays? And with the Rays, so started, my wife and I used to do kind of like three centre holidays in, in the US and go on some okay. road trips and we, we often ended up in Florida and of course come 1998 there was actually a, a team um, so it was actually 2004 until I until I got there um, and we were at uh, opening day, they were playing the, the Yankees at the, at the drop on, on opening day um, it was just a great game um was the the Rays one nine nine four. Uh really really enjoyed it. So uh that that kind of became my my team. Um and I think one of the things I liked was, you know, it's they're the little guys. Yeah. You know, you've you've got to root for the um the, the little guys so that I mean the Rays, you know in a like a football world cup, every mm-hmm. time there's always a, a group of death. Yeah, with the good teams in it. So, for the Rays, every day of the season, every year, is a is a group of death because they're they're in that American League East. Notorious AL East, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, yeah. So you got the two Eagle Empires, the 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 Yankees and the (laughs) and the Red Sox, with with all the money and all the all the fans. Um, And in Toronto, quite like Toronto actually, but um, you know they've got all of Canada behind them, and then. Baltimore bless them. They've struggled, but uh, really good to see them doing well and this year. So yeah, there's the Rays with not many fans, no money, um, and they just punch above their weight. But you've got to support the little guys, haven't you? Yeah, I think you know, we're sort of revealing a lot, Ian, about your. You mentioned football, perhaps a lot of your football fandom has also been supporting political guys, whether it's been the Scotland national team, or I'm guessing not Rangers or Celtic, someone else within Scotland. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I support terrible sports teams all around the world. Um, so I'm a season ticket holder at Bonnie Rig Rose. Okay. <laughs> when, I wonder uh, how many well, of our listeners will, will, will have heard of Bonnie Rig Rose before. I, I do, <laughs> I know a bit about Scottish football, but 
our American yeah. listeners, that'll be something something to get into. Bonnie Rig Rose, but no, it's, it sounds like you're yeah. you're used to used to that sort of quirky, slightly off the beaten track, sports loving. So well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it in movies, you know, it's like everybody roots for us. Jamaican bobsleigh team and cool yeah. run-ins. Yeah, you don't want Shooter McGavin to beat Happy Gilmore. You know, you, you want the uh, average Joe's Jim to win at dodgeball. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you've got to go with the, the little guys. And uh, and the race are really good at it. You know, obviously most folks have heard of Moneyball and, and the Billy Bean. The race do their version of it, call it the extra 2%. So, um, and amongst us race fans, we're always... Uh, we call it roster baiting, but we're always kind of looking for what's the team going to look like in, in two mm-hmm. years, who's coming through the the minor leagues. Um, and the raise way is just get young, controllable guys on, on low salaries that are under contract. And then as soon as they start to get too expensive or their contract's running down, they'll, they'll flip them on and get, you know, four young guys in and you maybe hope that one or two of them uh, so, uh, uh, the mustard. Yeah. So how? I mean, is this just for for, for the raise that just they have to they have to be smart because they're small, or have they got? Is there a visionary behind the scenes in charge yeah, of overseeing all yeah, this? Yeah, they've got really good um, back office guys and data analytics guys, and some of the previous um, raise GMs have gone on to other teams, and obviously everybody else is getting quite smart about it uh, as well now. But yeah, the raise just seem to be good at it if you know they had some really big trades where you get good guys back and then they turn those guys into other people um but you know i mean they were terrible when i started supporting them but since about 2007 when they dropped the devil from the devil race yeah. and just became the race and and rebanded so after the exorcism um they've been pretty good most years they, they don't do that um you know, break it down, be terrible for six years and, and mm-hmm. become good in there. So it's just it's great. And, um, you know, yeah, you, you enjoy the success more. I, and I like the way that's done in baseball. You know, I guess as we all know in football, you know, if you've got hundreds of millions of pounds, you can just buy my success. Yeah. Baseball, you can't do that. You've got to be smart. You've got to be, be smart. About, yeah, it's, it's not just riches, wins all the time. There's got to be the strategy behind it. It's got to be... A bit of luck, as you say, they're getting in four young guys and hoping one or two of them become become the next star. Uh, so do you have any particular favourite moments or particular any favourite games or players from your from your time following the team? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, favourite player, always Evan Longoria. Um, okay. Even named my fantasy team after him, bless <laughs> him. Um, and uh, Joe Madden, the, mm-hmm. the former manager. Um, I, I always say he's my... Favorite manager, any sport, any team, any time. Um, Neil, Neil Warnock, a close second, <laughs> but um, but Joe Madden was great for his book. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably probably three three moments. I think um, well, lumping together the World Series runs together. So the Rays have twice been to the World Series, not one. Um, but just getting there the first time was fantastic. Two thousand and eight, um, just the moment when. Uh, uh, Akinori and Wimura stepped on the bag to get them into the World Series. That was great. Um, weren't very good in the World Series, but it was just just good to be there. Um, 2020, got to the World Series again um, during COVID restrictions and some great moments. I think a lot of people will know the bit where uh, Brett Phillips yeah. 
a ridiculous run and went off like the aeroplane. Um, that was uh, that was fantastic. So yeah, hopefully we'll get back there there again. Um, and yeah, I think what one of them was though the big one really was was game one six two from two thousand and eleven. Um, okay. which was effectively it was the last game of the regular season and um the Rays in Boston were fighting it out for the wild card and I think the Rays were something like ten games back with a month to go. Boston lost twenty of twenty seven. Wow. So they went into the last day and uh, Rays were playing the Yankees at home. Boston were playing in Baltimore and you know if one of them had a better result than the other. They were through to the wild card. They both had the same result. They they would have to play off again. But, okay. uh, just it swung the Rays went seven nil down at home to the to the Yankees, yeah. and Boston got ahead. So you know the game was a bogey effectively. Um, they were still seven nil down into the eighth inning, and then had this fantastic comeback. Yeah, brave uh, brought, brought it all back. Got it to seven six. Still looked like they were going to lose. They were down to their last batter, their last strike. And uh, like a guy called Dan Johnson off the bench, and unbelievably he homered, took it into extra yeah. innings. Um, I don't know if that contributed to the to the Boston choke, but um, yeah, they but came I out of range. At the same time, these these two games, those in Boston yeah. were following what's happening. Following on, yeah, there was a rain delay in Baltimore, so um, Boston came back out. And Baltimore got past them. And that flashed up on the screen at the drop. And uh, like two minutes later, uh, Longo, Evan Longoria hit the, mm-hmm. hit the winning home run. So uh, that was it. Rays got into the, the postseason. It was just one of the best nights of baseball, yeah. baseball ever, so, even for folks that don't definitely. support them. Yeah. So where, where were you watching that um, in 2011? Were, were there some, probably not streaming, but were there on some minor UK channel? Sharing the game, or were you over there, or you had to hear about yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's unfortunate. I wasn't there, but yeah, just you know, you can stream it just MLB TV. So I always try to watch every A game I can. Yeah, and to make that make that worthwhile. Um, well, the other one I mentioned with the race was the was the night I ended up almost supporting the other team. Okay. <laughs> Bizarrely, that's what that's a night I was actually at the trot, and uh, this was twenty ten, and. I, I actually saw a no hitter, but it was the Rays that didn't get any hits. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but you know, for us UK folks who don't get to see too many games, it no. was it was a real dilemma. So it was, um, it was a guy called uh, Edwin Jackson who was one of the. He was a 2008 Ray. Yep. He was in the in the rotation for the the World Series run. So you know, he's a guy we like. Um, not a guy you would expect to throw a no hitter, and in fact, it was the it was the worst no hitter in history. It was 149 pitches. Um, okay. Um, didn't even realise it was a no hitter for a long time because there was a guy on third base. You know, mm-hmm. and there was lots of walks, hit batters, and everything. And then we finally twigged this guy's on a, a no hitter, <laughs> um, and it got to be a real dilemma. I, thought, I would like to see a no hitter. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it being Edwin Jackson. I want my team to lose. <laughs> it's tricky. Um, the, the worst case scenario would have been the Rays got a hit but didn't score. Um, yeah, that's true. But, you know, eventually. You see, see any of the boxes, yeah. 
Absolutely, and they're still lost. But uh, no, Edwin, Edwin got it done. He must have been knackered, but he he, he got his no-hitter. And it was a happy end, and the race won the league that year. So it was, okay, uh, so you it saw, saw the, uh, the the notable moment, but ultimately at the end, uh, end of the season again, that's one of the unique things about baseball. There are so many games that even these um, one-off moments, you can hope to see something unusual or something interesting at, at the ballpark without it having... Too huge an impact on what happens at the end of the season. So, have you been to how many times did you say, Ian, you've been to the truck now? Truck, oh, at least a dozen. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to go. As I say, we not so much now, but we used to uh, finish up in a place called Indian Shores over on the on the sort of St. Pete's coast. Um, so, yeah, nip into the truck, pick up some minor league baseball around around Florida. You know, been a good place to, to go. So, yeah, that's definitely the place I've been. Uh, I've been the most, yeah. So how, what, what's your, I guess you've been in enough times for a, a routine to so talk me through the the trop experience, any particular snacks or, or, or drinks or perhaps anything less impressive or less less interesting about, about the ballpark? Uh, the trop. Drive over, I've got my, my, my parking space, not in the official lot, but yeah. uh, just one of these unofficial lots. There's a great sports bar called Ferds. Um, just outside and then you know into the you want to stay in the sunshine for as long as possible because once you get inside it's uh, it's a big old dome um, yeah. but they've got good stuff in there so like a race tank where you can actually pet some uh, some cow nose rays and, and, and things um, it's just a, a good old vibe but um, you know it's it's probably the worst stadium in baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what, what I'm hearing. And you're a fan of the team. I wasn't going to say it first, but now you've you, yeah. you said it. So we can perhaps get into that, that it's not. Yeah. It's, it has that reputation, should we say. Yeah. It's a big old ugly concrete dome. It's got a, um, so it's an artificial light. It's got a, a baseball colored roof, which isn't very smart. No. <laughs> and there's, there's catwalk to interfere with play, it's artificial turf. So yeah, it's it's not one for the purists. Um, on, on the bright side, um, you know, Texas effectively changed the uh, stadiums because it was too hot right in the mm-hmm. open air. So Florida, yeah, you need a roof um, for the rain, the thunderstorms, and, and also to keep you out of the, out of the sun. So the, the trot for all its faults, um, the game's always on, and um, it's a nice climate-controlled 72 degrees. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess it's, it's a way to escape the heat on a, on a hot, baking hot Florida Florida summer afternoon. Um, absolutely. Yeah, so it comes as nicely to the Baseball Stadium Guide, uh, so your your book that was published a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, how how did you come to be the author of, of this book? Are you... Uh, an author uh, by trade, or is this uh, the, the first time you've done something like this? It's time I've written a book. Um, although I do some some writing, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, when I was seventeen, I did have a place at college to do journalism, but okay. uh, I didn't do it. I went and got a job in a bank as a tea boy <laughs> instead, and uh, never did it. No regrets, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a, an imprint called Aspen Books. Um, so they, they're a kind of a a section of the uh, the company that does the the annuals and calendars for all the big football clubs. Okay. 
So, a chap called Angus Reid that was uh, was pulling together um, something on there. So, they do a few books where it's kind of design led. So they've got a, a guy called Dan Braun who does really great designs, great illustrations, uh, and they pack their books with uh, we could quality photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so this is the this book, the baseball stadium guide, is the is the second in a in a series. So they'd previously done the the football stadium guide and football okay. as in you know the UK. Uh, soccer, one. So, yeah. so soccer for yeah, yeah. references, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so they um they, they had that, that's still available mm-hmm. and it's it's been quite successful and that looks at you know 26 of the best football stadiums in the world. So okay. um Angus was uh, the, the concept of a, a baseball one. Um and they had the designs and they just needed somebody to write it. So uh, they were looking for somebody that well, I guess he can write. Knows yeah. about baseball and um, is interested in stadiums, so it, it turned out to be me. Um, so obviously, I've been following baseball for yeah. for a long time. Um, stadiums are kind of my my thing as well. Um, I, I follow a lot of sports, so I, I think I've seen okay. sports on five continents, you know, twelve countries, <laughs> something like twenty seven different sports. Um, so, oh, well, okay. so you, would you go to the Olympics and tick off lots of sports at the same time, or how, how do you do this? Do you no, no, just just on our travels. Oh, just nice. you know, from in Australia, I've got the Aussie rules. Um, yeah. Into uh, Japan, baseball in Japan's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's really good. Maybe talk about that later uh, later on. So yeah, mm-hmm. stadiums is my thing. Um, I I write for a magazine in the UK called uh, Football Weekend. Okay. Um, which is effectively a kind of a groundhopper magazine. It comes out once a month and it focuses on overseas, mostly European games. Um, so I, I write about stuff for them. So just as they were a little bit last year, um, I had been to see the, the soccer at, uh, at Yankee Stadium, the mm-hmm. New York City FC. So um, I'd written a piece on that, which obviously covered the stadium um, and, and the game. So there was kind of some baseball stadium writing there. Um, I also write for uh, about rock music, uh, rock and metal music for a, a Facebook page called Rock Fiend. Okay. Um, the, the website is Rock Fiend Publications Scotland. So I review gigs for them, I review albums, I interview mm-hmm. Um, rock stars. So again, I was able to send in um, a review I'd done of a, a gig in a baseball stadium. So I was in in Denver. So I'd gone to a Rockies game, um, and a few days later, I'd seen the Motley Crue, Death Leopard, and Poison playing in the baseball stadium. So I'd, okay, I'd written about that. So I guess when they were you know, looking for who can do something. I was able to send that's them. your portfolio. So there was a, an MLS game at Yankee, at Yankee Stadium, and then this a rock yeah. gig in the in the Rockies. So a nice, yeah. a nice yeah. complete mix that's, of stuff. So yeah, so I got the gig effectively. Um, it's great fun. Really enjoyed it. And obviously, I've been in uh, a few of them. Uh, knew of a lot of them, and uh, yeah, just researching, pulling it together, and yeah, just. Kept it lighthearted. It's not well. You read the book. It's not a technical thing. You know, it's not a great deal of the you know the specifications. It's all about the, the stories, the teams, what's happened. You know, the fans, the food, the music, <laughs> myths, curses. Yeah, exactly. The, the important things, things to me, it was just simply a list of 
famous games that would have been great but ultimately what I'm, I'm looking to learn about baseball is as you say it's the the quirky things it's, it's the myths it's, it's it's the food it's the the general feel of, of the cities yeah that's why I enjoyed enjoyed reading it reading it a lot so how what was the process like we did you write them in order of your favorite ones first down to ones you needed more research or you did it in alphabetical order or how did you structure your, yeah. your day or your week when you were writing the book sure no it's pretty random um so they're in the book in alphabetical order um but i i started just with a blank piece of paper and did a brain dump of you know what just off yeah. the top of my head what's all the things i think about with these various uh, baseball stadiums and then just went through a pile of reference materials there was quite a lot of websites and books uh, and stuff and i just kind of yeah i just kind of read through them all it confirmed some of the things i knew and, and just deep internet search and they come up with some of the quirky yes. stories it was was mm-hmm. it you know it's like you know if you write about whatever you know Fenway or well, let's say Wrigley in fact you know you've, you've got to write about the, the billy goat curse and uh, yeah. all these kind of things but it's just finding out other things and then chucking in cultural references <laughs> blues brothers movie and stuff like that so, yeah there's a yeah, quite, quite I, a few, quite a few I picked up there so it was, it was really really good for, for those things that have, how long how long did it take you to to write the book was it um a few, a few months a few weeks or how, how, how long was it? It, was, it, was, it was a few months it was quite a tight deadline um mm-hmm. so yeah i think i got it done over a pretty intense three months okay um then it went into the process and you know went through editing mm-hmm. and proofreading and then finally popped up so yeah it was really really pleased when i saw it actually it came out came out well yeah. i thought that's not for me yeah, to say though, is it? <laughs> yeah definitely so the um pictures in inside where are they from are some of them your own picture that the photographs or or are they from stock images or from from the publisher yeah stock images mm-hmm. um so yeah they had some ideas and we tweaked it a little bit so i knew where the stock images were coming from so if there was something i had you know referenced in yes. in the chapter it was helpful to to slot in a picture that maybe fitted with it but um and then you don't want the same picture all the time you know you don't just want the the stadium wide shots so yeah exactly no no it's making for some of the like the features or the statues from outside or the cityscapes again as you said you've spoken about the cityscape or the or from a from a famous game so now it's a good really gives a, a flavor of of being in in the different in the different ballparks but the book the book Ian it's pretty pretty neutral which I guess it has to be because it's a a guide you haven't ranked them it's uh a, a quite a neutral take so what what would be your opinion do you said at the start of the call earlier that the truck was perhaps one of the worst are there any others that you're not not so keen on that you had to pretend to give be neutral about it in the book yeah um yeah it's it's easy to be positive about ballparks because most of them are beautiful um, I like their quirky features, certainly when you compare it to, you know, these you know, identical rectangular mm-hmm. modern football stadiums that we're used to, the ballparks are great. So I've got my favourites, um, mm-hmm. which probably changes, but I like Petco in San Diego, yep. um, Denver I like, San Francisco, the, the new one, um, I really liked. Um, the, the publisher was really good, they didn't edit much so i got quite a free reign to uh, to do things so they 
they they didn't edit out the sex scene from uh, from Toronto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'd slipped in and, you know, I got away with the, the guy that tried to take a dump in the truck in, in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only one where they uh, they, they reined me back in, in slightly was uh, was Boston, was, was Fenway, because, um, you know, I, I know this is sacrilege and it's, yeah. you know, it's probably the, yeah, the baseball equivalent of Ozzy Osbourne having a wee on the Alamo, but yeah. um, I don't like Fenway. I, I don't like it. Um, it's like, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's it's historic. It's, you know, it's 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 beautiful. Um, you know, all the tradition I like, the, the statues there, the teammate statue, the Ted Williams red seat. And to be honest, I was quite thrilled when I was going up to go yeah. in. It's mm-hmm. it's great. And it does look good, uh, you know, the, the green and the red. In fact, the book is it's Fenway card. Yeah, it's got Fenway on the front cover. Um, so, but for me, I went there for a Rays game mm-hmm. and I was wearing Rays gear. Um, so it's good going in, but once you're inside, it's, you know, it's it's dark, it's narrow, it's, it's old, it smells, yeah. seats are terrible, there's pillars in the way. Um, People weren't very nice <laughs> in my but there wasn't any major incidents. But, um, you know, as, as a person in uh, opposing team colours, it wasn't a, wasn't a particularly warm um, yeah. experience. Um, but I just think it's, it's not, it's historic, but it's, I don't think it's suitable for baseball. Um, and in this day and age, um, quite rightly, the trot gets criticised for you know the catwalks, and yeah, but a ball hits off the catwalk or, or doesn't come down, mm-hmm. you know, it's a joke. Um, but in, in my humble opinion, the, the big green monster at, at Fenway is is also a joke. It's effectively it's not very far from home plate, and it's yeah, effectively very it's a pinball bump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the ball just bounce off it, and you have to try and guess where it's going. In. I just, I don't think that's right. So, um, in in the original draft of the book, I kind of wrote that you know the big green monster just kind of ruins the game. Watching yeah. people trying to guess a, <laughs> a bounce is, uh, I think I said something like that's about as ridiculous. Disfigures the beautiful ballpark, and it's the equivalent of. Um, Installing a, a crazy golf hole at Augusta National, you know, go to the, yeah. not, not the US Masters and have to have, have to have World Series a, there, and then yeah, yeah, you're, you're relying on a, yeah. an odd feature of the, of the stadium. Yeah, it's like putting through a crocodile's mouth or something, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. so they toned that down a bit. I don't know if they <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to have a New England fat bar or whatever, but um, uh, so yeah, but yeah, I would encourage people to go to Fenway. Mm-hmm. And people, people should. I don't know if it's one of the ones you've, you've been at. I mean, coincidentally, I've been to um, Rays at, at, at Red Sox. Coincidentally, for one of the few games I've been to, is, is maybe it was twenty seventeen. Could it have been was it the game you're talking about, or when were you at um, uh, Fenway? It's a roundabout then, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, then we need to check check, check our, our calendars on our diaries. Maybe, maybe we were in the same game. <laughs> yeah, the Rays were horrible. This archer was pitching. It was dreadful. Oh, well, the Rays definitely won the game I went to. So okay, good, yeah. good. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. People should go. Um, I don't think I would go back. Um, and I probably would say do the tour. Don't bother with the game. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a museum almost. It's an anachronism and not not a, a sporting venue. That's interesting. And I, I was there as a it remains my most recent uh, MLB game I went to in back end of 2017. And I was there there with a with a friend who'd been going for a very long time. And yeah, I was there for the history, for the experience, uh, to uh, see, see see the Rays unwittingly. Um, but no, again, for me, I enjoyed it with without at, at that point having been so. I'd uh, into the sport as into what's actually happening on the on the field as I as I might be now. So, but no, mm-hmm. it was definitely as you said, it's something to t- tick off. But perhaps maybe not not where you should be going week in week out if you want that real baseball experience. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it sounds like you might be a, a good luck charm for the race, so you should uh, she's go to more games. Yeah, <laughs> good. Also, certainly when I'm planning my trip after doing this this podcast, I'll try and try and squeeze in one or two race games if I'm if I'm there. Good luck charm, don't worry. Um, so I try the... to organise my holidays to around race games. You know, I, I like to travel. It's, it's not all about baseball for me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. When when my wife and I go, we like you know go to the national parks and. Mm-hmm. Some epic road trips, um, and, and you know, if we can squeeze, we'll, we'll always squeeze in sport um, and music. Uh, I like to go to different music venues, um, but yeah, I think I've seen the Rays, well, Seattle, Baltimore, New York, LA. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can work it, so it's a win win, and I'm in the place, um, that's great, but you know, not always. I'll, I'll go and watch any game, um, in fact, one, one of our Favorite trips was uh, was Amtrak. We rode the the Amtrak Amtrak Acela runs up the east coast. Okay. So it runs through a really nice train, and it runs through um, Washington, Baltimore, um, mm-hmm. New York, Boston. So that that oh, was the trip. Okay. That we were, in, we were in Boston. Yeah, went to the U.S. Open tennis and um, in New York. All these mm-hmm. things squeeze them in. Um, that last time I was in New York, I'd, I'd been to the Mets and the Yankees previously, but um, yeah, we did the, that football game and yeah. then just jumped the subway, get the subway down to Grand Central, switched to the seven, went down to Mets Phillies. Um, same weekend, I saw ice hockey at the New York Islanders and uh, the Katie Taylor fight at Madison Square Garden. So, well, only one, just, one trip, that's very, very one, one trip, ideal yeah. planning to see four or five sports in, in, in one trip. That's pretty, pretty good going. Love it. Yeah, love it. So you mentioned you managed to sneak in the book the the the, the sex scene for for the Rogers Center, but you also managed to uh, with the fitting in with the title of this podcast, fit in a Simpsons reference. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was good. That's uh, yeah. I like the title of your uh, your podcast. I had to look up where it originated from. So um, so yeah, um, so yeah. Simpsons reference is in the um, Chicago White Sox um, chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's a, a Simpsons episode from oh, about 2007, it's one of the recent ish ones, so not not a classic yeah. like a Ken Griffey's Grotesque Swollen Jaw, but uh, <laughs> no, a bit no. later on in Simpsons history, absolutely. Yes, yeah. so I think this episode's called He Likes to Fly and He Bows. Um, so effectively, the, the flimsy plot is um, Homer and, and Mr. Burns fly to, to Chicago. And um, in the Chicago montage, they, um, they clearly walk past Wrigley, which is mm-hmm. easily identifiable with a big uh, entrance marquee. Everybody knows Wrigley. Then he, he turns a corner and goes past a kind of generic land stadium that's got a sign saying, uh, wherever the Red Sox play. Yeah. So I've, I've used that as the as the title of the, of the White Sox uh, 
chapter, which is it's probably a bit harsh on the uh, on the white folks. Um, yeah. No, we've don't worry. We've got I think episode yeah four of of this podcast is with a with a White Sox fan, and we talk a lot about uh, guaranteed right field. So to defend the White Sox stadium, flick back to episode four of, of this podcast, and you get, get yeah. to learn more about that ballpark. Yeah, I gave it, what was it, it was New Comiskey and then US Cellular and then Guaranteed. Yeah. What was it, the, I listened to that, what was it, the chap called? The, uh, the G-Spot. The G-Spot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good, that's why I couldn't find it, I suppose. But, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm interested in the uh, interesting place, so yeah. Um, I I booked a trip to Chicago years ago and I just applied, so even maybe one night. I just mm-hmm. assumed one of the White Sox or Cubs would be at home, but none of them were. I had to go to the basketball instead. But you know, <laughs> even though it sounds like they're good, so you don't go in the heart of the summer, then you at least go at the beginning or end of the baseball season to just so there's be at least the option of another sports event going on. Absolutely, yeah. April and May is great, and mm-hmm. uh, September, yeah, uh, they all kind of cross over. I went later last year. I did. Um, I did a, an Arizona Utah uh, road trip, mm-hmm. got some national parks, and then went to um, the Arizona Fall League, which okay. happens in the, uh, in November. So it's end of season stuff, and it's minor leaguers, composite mm-hmm. teams. But really enjoyed that. Got to see the uh, the San Francisco Giants spring training facility and the Cubs spring training facility. Yeah, really enjoyed it, and the weather was good. <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, spring training facilities, so they are they are permanent then. So for the rest of the year, they're hired out to, to local teams and or to these, these minor league. Yeah, definitely. Teams. So yeah, so spring training they'll be very very busy, um, selling out mm-hmm. for the guys. Um, I'm assuming during the during the year they've got uh, a minor league team um, playing there. Um, watched a fair bit of minor league baseball in uh, in Florida, and it's the Blue Jays mm-hmm. spring training. Um, facility yeah. in Dunedin, it's nice. Um, Clearwater, uh, where the Phillies play. So both of those definitely host a, uh, a single A team uh, during the year. Yeah. Uh, minor leagues are it's a great night out. Small town America, it's terrific. Yeah, no, I'm a bit too. Yeah, minor leagues definitely on my, on my list. And major league, I said I've been a bit to a few, but minor league none. So that certainly will be on my my next next trip to stateside. But but for you, Ian, so what would be your ideas for for the next book? Would it be ballparks in in Japan? You mentioned you've been to a few, or your own personal experiences mm. of every sporting venue you've been to, or how where you're going. Yeah. Now you are a published author. What, what what's next on your on your list? Yeah, I've certainly got a taste for it. Um, so yeah, I think there I think there will be a will be our next book. Um, got some some magazine stuff um, going mm-hmm. just now. So Football Weekends magazine, uh, the one that comes out probably tomorrow actually. Um, okay. I've, I've written about uh, do a guest sport feature. So I've written about another one of my loves, which is uh, Speedway. So mm-hmm. I wrote about that down in uh, in Berwick. Uh, I think next month I'm covering uh, Orlando City Football Club. And I've submitted a, a baseball uh, one, which covers, uh, so that's again, it's a guest sport. So that should be out in the next couple of months, I think, in football weekends. Um, so I was at, uh, this year, this May, I was at the uh, Rays versus Yankees again, and I went to a minor league game at Lakeland. So I combined those two into a, a story. So that's uh, 
that's coming up. Um, got plenty of rock themed stuff. I'll probably go to 30 gigs a year. Um, but in terms of boots, um, I think we'll need to see how the uh, how the baseball one does. Yeah. Um, we're certainly having some discussions about um, possibly doing doing something else. Um, not not for me to say the the, the topic at the at the moment, but yeah, we might well do uh, another sport. Um, watch this space. You'll have to uh, come back on the podcast and tell me maybe if if you do a guest sport in football weekend, if you do a guest sport on this podcast, if it's the, the <laughs> NFL stadium guide or for equivalent. But the this is a British publication, um, so your target audience is sports fans in in the UK, or is this is it available worldwide? So at the moment, UK mm-hmm. um, scarily for me, um, I believe it is to go on sale in an uh, in independent bookshops in the US and Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, within the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there must be at least five million Americans better qualified to write that book than me. But uh, then again, I suppose it's a, it's a different voice and a, a different mm-hmm. perspective. So maybe it brings something to the table. But yeah, kind of hope they don't sell it in Boston. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I'm sure people will be quick to tell me if I've made any mistakes. Hopefully not. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that could be going stateside. So we'll see. Yeah. So I realise we, we, we forgot to come back to it and you've been a fantastic guest, Ian. Thank you for giving up so much of your time so far, but with the, the Japanese ballpark. So if you could, so mm. from the trot, from this functional air-conditioned dome to the Fenway, this too old-fashioned place, how, what, what, what are the Japanese ballparks like compared to which end of the scale do they typically fit on? Yeah, I think, I think the main one in Tokyo is a big dome, which does look a bit trop-like, but uh, I went to the other one. Went to a game in uh, in Tokyo, but it was the smaller team. Inevitably, I, I go for yeah, the smaller, yeah, the successful team. Um, so that was the Yakult Twelves. Um, and then I went to another game in, in Hiroshima. So it's great. I got the tickets through an agency, um, and it's just different. They just mm-hmm. completely different. They play small ball. Um, they get clever, um, but the fan experience was fantastic. They just uh, the, the one in Tokyo, they're all waving umbrellas and things. Um, or Hiroshima, that sells out most okay. of the games. So the, the only um, tickets we could get were in what they called the away team performance section. So okay, I think it was the Chinichi Dragons. You know, they have, so it was just a. It's almost like the footballers. Are, small section perched mm-hmm. high up for the away fans and we were in there but yeah, yeah, drums and trumpets and uh, orchestrated chanting but one of the things that struck me was it's so polite so there's definitely no abuse and and you can only cheer when your team is batting and okay. then you go silent and you let the other team cheer <laughs> when their team is batting and they had individual songs for individual players and it was just so different. Um, I mean, Japan's a fascinating country um, mm-hmm. anyway. But, but yeah, Japanese baseball really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was yeah, good. So I'd recommend that to anybody. So who, what's the sort of demographic of, of fan almost? Because in Europe, if you find a, a European basketball or ice hockey fan, they're modeling themselves directly on the US. But in, in Japan, is it those people who are fans of American culture who also like baseball? Or is it almost a complete unique Japanese Field to I would, yeah, I would say kind of unique. I think they've had baseball nearly as long 
Okay. And yet they, see, they have all their, their own traditions and, you know, some of the national stereotypes, you know, the extreme yeah. politeness and uh, honour and such like. So, yeah, you certainly, I didn't see any, you know, the manager coming out to argue balls and strikes. Or, yeah. Um, you know, can't imagine they would be thrown to hit the batter or anything like that. So it just, yeah, it was pure sport. And um, just, yeah, just fascinating to see different countries and different cultures take on effectively the same game. Yeah. Um, so were you at the London Stadium this past weekend to see baseball in yeah. another culture? Or Sure. No, I blanked it. Um, not that long back from the US. And I thought, mm-hmm. um, I used to work in Stratford, actually. It's quite expensive to go down. I decided I would rather save my money and actually go to the real thing. Okay. In, in the in the US was my thinking. Um, but it looked a lot better this year. I don't know. Were you there? No. So unfortunately, I had plans that predated the podcast, and even next year, yeah. I'm somehow already booked on a on a stag do on, on that weekend next year. So right. I'm thinking of leaving the Stagway halfway through, Stag do halfway through to definitely attend the 10 next year. But no, from, from all the reports and everything I've seen, they learned all the lessons from, from 2019. And it, by all accounts, it was a great weekend. Yeah, I think, I think I'm probably tempted. Yeah. I'll probably go next year. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good. Hope it takes off. Definitely. Yeah, so, you know, I, I hope we, if, if we are both there or if I'm uh, continuing my being the raised lucky charm, maybe we'll... Ready to each other at one of the one of the ballparks featured in your your fantastic book. So Ian, thank you very much for your time. Is there any any other topics we've we forgot to cover? Or I think that covers it. Yeah, I mean we talked about the trop and you know, it's, it's scheduled to close in in 2027. So um, we'll see. Looks looks like they're going to build a a newer, better one. Yeah, but um, for, for you as a, as a fan, you want them to stay. In, in the city, or do you not mind if they move around the country because you're not, not mm. from there anyway? Yeah, no, no, I've, uh, I mean, this has been in the offing for 10 years, so I've almost mm-hmm. become an expert on uh, the demographics and transport limitations in the, yeah. <laughs> in the Tampa Bay area. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really hope they get something something done. Um, I mean, it's, it's Tampa Bay. It's a body of water. It's not a pure city. So you've got St. Petersburg where the drop is, Mm-hmm. There's only two bridges connected to yeah. Tampa, which is the bigger city where the Buccaneers play in the Lightning. Um, so, yeah, traffic is an issue for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think they'll stay, but you know who knows? There's the Oakland thing. Um, so yeah, it's. Do you know what? What would I do? Do you know? Do yeah. I change team completely, or mm-hmm. you know, if they if they move to say Nashville? It's still the Nashville Rays. I think I'd stick with it for a couple of years. Yeah, um, and see if it, you retain that magic, retain that that connection to them. Again, it would be, it would be interesting because I said, as a non-local, in, in theory, in theory, it shouldn't matter. But equally, it could be a, a chance to chance to build a build a new start somewhere somewhere in the sport. Yeah, we'll see. So if we end up with a second version of that book. Maybe there'll be a different exactly. No, there'll be room, room, room for a se- every five years. You can do a sequel, and there'll be one or two one or two new ballparks. I'm sure to write about. Absolutely. So yeah, no, fingers crossed. Yeah, it'd be good to bump into you in a in a race game. Yeah. Somehow, somewhere. Or in a Bonnie Rig Rose game. You never know. Ian, thanks uh, yeah. very much for joining and to all. Thank thanks you. very much for listening. Cheers. All the best for your series. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. 
can find the podcast at Swollen Jaw Pod. And please remember to share and review so that other baseball fans can find us. Please get in touch if you have a story, idea or suggestion about your team that I need to know about. And tune in next week to hear more about my journey into baseball.